0: Well, thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, kind of good to start doing this again. It's been a while since I've done the movie screening. I mean, kind of, uh, kind of focusing on the episodes and, uh, I was kind of doing that while we were taking a break. So, and then it ended up kind of picking up and doing really well. Um, but yeah, it's kind of cool to do this again. So thank you again for, uh, Silas, uh, joining this and kind of hosting it with me and getting that name. Cause he's been a big part of, uh, what's become a broke house. So, you know, it's really become, like, a staple for sure. And I uh, always appreciate Silas and everything that he's done. So, thank you. Yep, thank you. Let's kind of do a um, like a thing with about Silas, about your involvement um, with A Broke House and what all of you've done and which films you've done covers for
1: Oh, okay. Um, I, uh... I'm not super directly correlated in terms of, um, like the films themselves or anything, but Sam has given me the opportunity to, uh, create artwork for a few different projects, which has been really cool. Um, the first thing he had me do was a piece for, um, the odd world of Felicia Fisher. And it was, um, for the, uh, slip cover that ended up getting misprinted in uh, bad dimensions. So unfortunately that's how that exists and on a t-shirt for the film. But, um, then he had me do the, um, standard edition re-release cover art for Love Dump, and then um, the uh, poster art for the original Blu-ray and the uh, standard Blu-ray re-release of um, Flesh Eater X, and just a bunch of miscellaneous stuff here and there that hasn't seen the light of day on some projects and some stuff that's ended up being used for other stuff separate from Burk House, but that's, like, the main stuff through this um, label specifically. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's but get this. Really, to do yeah. The artwork for this one. <laughs> just because I, I think Love Dump is probably my favorite out of the catalog.
0: Yeah, it definitely stands out. I mean, that and Vania, definitely, the, both of them stand out yeah. a lot. And then we also have um, our guest, Wolfie Iron Bear, which is definitely an honor. You know, especially just being, watching all these films and getting involved with all these films and being a part of it. You know, it's good to see all aspects of it you want to do a little intro to what films you've done um, with a broke House.
2: Uh, so the first one I did was Love Dump, followed by Flesh Eater X. I had a small part in Let's Stop at the Morgue, but I honestly don't remember if that one was under A broke House or not.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get into some other questions later, but let's just get into, into the film. And like I was saying, um, any kind of commentary that you want to um, add into this? I'm going to try not to ask too many questions during the film, especially since it's not that long. So any kind of input you want to make or uh, comments about certain things that we're all in filming just to get this going. No worries. But yeah, any questions we'll go to the end.
2: Okay, yeah, I got everything all set up. I have the streaming going.
3: So well, thankfully I-, I got it to work. <laughs> I
1: just looked on one of my Instagram. Uh, Accounts and Sam actually Follows me there so (laughs) (laughs)
0: it's nice I
2: always have such a hard time figuring out Who is who on Instagram accounts Because I'm so used to everybody's different names From Twitter, Instagram, (laughs) Facebook
0: Oh I don't know anyone's first names On Discord it's kind of fun actually So how close to the is this to your um, to where you live?
2: So this was all filmed in LA, like right off of, um, pretty much like the Strip, down there. So it's about five six hours from me where I live, because I live in Northern California. I'm pretty close to San Francisco. Okay. So which is where we filmed parts of Flesh Eater X, actually.
0: Yeah, I'm sure prices are ridiculous right now over there.
2: Uh, thankfully the part that I live at, I live just outside of the bay area so i don't get hit with such heavy prices but
0: okay just far enough out away from downtown yeah
2: collectively we're just slightly more than what the average you know across most of the country is so it's not super terrible but the offset is i live in a very hot climate so in the summer it's like a hundred and ten hundred and twenty depending
0: So were you still fighting and doing fights when you were doing, like, the early part of Sam Hall work, or...?
2: No, by then I had already retired from fighting. Yeah, I retired from combat sports, uh, officially around 2017.
0: You still ever go to gyms and just spar?
2: Uh, I was before COVID. You know, and then COVID kind of put a giant yeah. stamp on that. <laughs> yeah,
0: especially when you're sweating on people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I was doing that for a bit. I was also an instructor for a, a good bit of time from people that were interested in wanting to learn how to you know either do the sport for fun or varying forms of self defense. Mm-hmm.
0: So you use Iron Bear as your fighting name? Where where did you get that from?
2: Uh well because I'm uh, Mojave and uh, Navajo Native mm-hmm. American. And so when I got my, um, I guess, seat on the reservation in Arizona, that was one of the names given to me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So as kind of homage, I decided to use that when fighting. Because mm-hmm. in my early career, we did a lot of fights on reservations because it's where they don't have a sanctioning body. <laughs> so you don't have to do like the California State Board and things, you can go fight on a reservation and not have it sanctioned in that sense. So it's a good way to get a lot of practice fights in. So it was just kind of a nickname I'd picked up because I had a tendency to take more damage than I should have.
0: So did you get into the character at all or do any studies uh, on like getting into like the character of Denise Holmes?
2: Uh, I actually didn't. Uh, originally, when Sam had Come to me with the the project, I started to do a bit of research, and then I was kind of worried that if I you know started looking into stuff or watching stuff on it, I would then start to emulate other people's portrayals of characters, and I really wanted to avoid that mm-hmm. I have a tendency to mimic certain things, so I just really did not want to you know do my version of what I thought somebody would have played it, so I just kind of tried to steer away from that.
0: Mm-hmm. It seems like you're not just mimicking it like, directly, yeah.
2: Yeah, I was... Yeah. I mean, I've read a lot of different books on um, serial killers and things like that, but I did not want to do any studying in the sense of watching um, things that involved actual serial killers and seeing their mannerisms because I, you know, I just kind of wanted to put my own take on it.
0: Yeah. I got re- respect that. I had a... Uh, photography teacher was kind of like that he didn't show us any examples because he didn't want us to take from any examples you know because he just felt like it wanted to be as a creative piece and an identity that was very much around as much as possible
2: yeah it's it's hard not to want to draw inspiration from certain things i mean there's a fine line between you know finding an inspiration from something you've watched and then just mirroring what you've watched and Mm-hmm. I come like from kind of a nerdy background, like playing role-playing games, and so, you know, that I guess kind of helped in the sense when I can see myself where, I, where I'm where i just doing kind of a carbon copy of somebody's mm-hmm. take on a character.
0: Did so you play a lot of D&D then?
2: Uh, I used to when I was younger. I haven't. A few years, I actually moved over to another game called Call of Cthulhu, <laughs> more mm-hmm. horror-based.
0: Mm-hmm. I'll just check that out. Yeah, I, I mostly play Magic. I never really got to the D&D. Not that I wouldn't. I just don't have the time to dedicate to like meeting yeah,
2: up. Definitely a hard thing is meeting, you know, having that time to do it. Mm-hmm. This scene is so funny because we're like one road over from being on the, the strip which is like three, four miles from the, the Walk of Stars. And this is during the height of COVID and I could not believe you know, at this point, like, things had just started kind of trying to open back up in California, and just the amount of, like, people that were wandering out in the streets just messed up on all sorts of drugs. It was insane. Mm-hmm.
0: Especially with, the like, COVID, because everything felt so, like, ghost-like with the towns, because nobody was really out at first. It was like, wow, this is weird.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, when we... You know, the surrounding areas were pretty empty, but once you get onto the actual strip over there, I was surprised at how many people were out, but, you know, it was it was a really weird time, that's for sure. Oh, that mask. I had so many people asking about that mask.
0: I know. I actually almost, I had the opportunity to buy that mask, and I didn't.
2: Uh, so Sam gave it to me after the project, and so I had taken it home, and originally the plan was to just hold on to it, and then eventually I was going to give it back to Sam, because I figured somebody was going to want it. Mm-hmm. And then, within a week of having it, one of my cats that likes to chew plastic decided to have a field day with it, and just punctured oh, no. thousands of holes.
0: <laughs> Wasn't that like a prop leopard cloud of it, or, cause I'm, or am I mistaken?
2: I don't know where, I think Sam said he picked that one up at like a random store. Like he just saw it and thought, oh, you know, I can use this for a project at some point. And then, you know, he was like, you can have it if you want, you know, because he knows that I do DOM sessions. And so I was like, sure, I'll I'll hold on to it. And (laughs) then, you know, one day I took it out to take a look at it and there was just all these fine Uh holes punctured in it.
0: Is your cat kind of notorious for destroying?
2: Oh, yeah. They love to get a hold of, like, grocery bags or the bags that hold water bottles. They'll just chew them. Um...
0: So, uh, what was the experience like um, Like, kind of like having sex with a James Bell prop? That has to be kind of like a interesting experience.
2: <laughs> it was definitely different coming from my background where I'm used to either working with people or specific toys or products that are meant for this um so i'd say that having you know because of the material that he uses the type of uh i guess silicone that it's made from is very sticky yeah so it is not exactly the easiest product to rub against there especially down there where it's very sensitive it wants to grab skin so i'm trying to use like as much of this Fake blood is a lubricant in and of itself, which is yeah. not a great lubricant. And yeah, I was it's, gonna it's, ask,
0: does he use like lube, lube and blood? Does it kinda help? But yeah, I guess that's just gonna
2: Uh we tried using lube. The problem was that the way that the lube and and the fake blood would blend, it would just Separate really. it that and separate it, and you could just yeah. see it didn't look quite right.
3: So
0: Yeah, and apparently you can make like there is blood lube, but yeah. I asked him about that before, but
2: You yeah, know, funny thing is, like, this bathroom is like 60 degrees. And so, this whole time I'm filming this thing, like, just covered in all the super cold blood, that tub is cold. <laughs> and it's all tile all around, so it's like just me and Sam sitting in this, that tub, just, and you can hear my breathing echoing. <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered how awkward it must have been for him, cause we had just met, like, you know, less than 24 hours before this, so. Oh wow! Well. Yeah, so it's always interesting to me when when put into these scenarios, and you know, and Sam Sam's a really cool guy because he always wants to make sure you're comfortable. He's like, "So are you comfortable using this prop?" And then after that, as soon as I say yes, he's like, "Okay, well, do whatever you feel is comfortable." So everything that you're seeing is just me deciding whatever I want to do.
0: It actually can kind of come out pretty genuine, and then like it was just saying like more creative of your own, just kind of improving it.
2: Yeah, he just wants to make sure everybody on set is just, you know, comfortable using He never wants anybody to do anything that they, they're, they you know, not okay doing. And so I was just like, yeah, I'm comfortable. I was like, you know, being in adult films and coming from that background, I was like, this is tame in and of itself in that sense. I was like, because it's not real. Yeah. But I did get asked for a long time after this, people would message to ask where we got the pig's head from and if it was real. Oh, really? Yeah, I still get messages every so often they're like, you know, was that really a pig's head? You know, you can tell me if that was and I was like, Nope, that's not what a pig's face actually looks like. Yeah. <clears throat> I've gotten so
0: used to seeing James Bell I can like spot it a mile away and it's just like, Oh, that's a James Bell prop. <laughs> like...
2: Yeah. I didn't know that he had such a big following in and of himself, so it's kinda interesting after this that like so many people recognize him for like they pick out the props like there's such a huge following for just his props and I was like, Oh wow <laughs>
4: Yeah, I have a couple
0: of his fingers. But
2: Yeah, I don't know if the person is in the chat group, but one of the people actually bought head from the film and I think somebody even bought this the, the pig face as well. It's always interesting watching these because we shoot everything out of order. So, you know, when I'm filming it, I have no idea, like, really how the product is going to look when it's finished. Mm -hmm. So I think this wound up actually being the first day of filming when I got there. I'd driven down to Southern California that morning, got there around, like, 11 in the morning, uh, and then immediately went up and we just started shooting. And it's like the most geevy little hotel right off the road. <laughs> you know.
0: Have you watched this uh, often?
2: I've only actually seen this. This will be the second time ever. Oh, cool. I watched it once uh, a couple months after I got it. I got about halfway through And something came up, and I stopped. And then, probably about six months ago, I decided to watch the whole thing through. I seldom watch stuff that I'm in just because it's such a surreal experience. I I I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, like I watch myself enough when I have to edit content, so watching the finished product is one of those things that I'm always just like, all right, this is weird.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess I do it technically with my pods and seeing all the edits, but it's different when you're acting. It's like and seeing something like. Like the, the, you're a lot more judgmental on your personal, you know, whatever it be. Yeah. A lot more critical on everything about yourself.
2: Yeah, and I've had moments like that, I'm like, oh, I wish I would've done this, or I wish I would've just added this one little tweak, so...
0: yeah I was' li- um, <clears throat> oh,
2: sorry go ahead. Oh no by all means go ahead.
0: I was just gonna say I was listening to the um my yeah you know, your kiki friend um interview
2: uh, um yeah.
0: and I really dig kind of uh what he was getting into and some of the stuff um and I was curious and one of the things out of it was um what is your preferred um type of play on online webcam?
2: Uh In terms of like what particular types of webcam shows i'd like to do,
0: yeah, like what's your preferred Because um, it seems like you kind of just you know did whatever um but I was kind uh, yeah,
2: I had such a wide variety i when I, I guess what I specialized in was like a girlfriend experience that was usually the one that like I always felt I did better at mm-hmm. um which was more of a either a smaller audience or just one on one shows uh, towards the end. Because uh, I don't do them very often unless I'm requested to do it. I did a lot of, like, pet play stuff. So, mm-hmm. those were probably the two that I did the most were, like, doming and pet play and then girlfriend experiences.
3: mm mm-hmm.
0: Is AP Clips your main site that you use for your exotic films?
2: Yeah, I had a many vids for a little bit, but I did not care but for some of their politics. Um, so, due to those, I decided to not Continue to do business with them, even though I lose out a lot more money that way. Um, so it's a hit and a miss. Yeah. Yeah, most of my content creation actually is just through, like, private commissioners. A lot of the stuff that I make just goes directly to that individual. It's, you know, has their name in it and things like that. So, like, I, I don't want to... When somebody commissions me for... um Product, I never want to then turn around and put it up for sale somewhere else because it was specifically for that individual.
0: Mm hmm. Makes sense.
2: I think when we were filming this, there was the people next door, uh, below us actually, were trying to film this and they are having some sort of like, I wouldn't say a full blown argument, but you know. They were getting into some sort of tiff, so like the whole time we're doing this, there's just these people getting into it through the whole time that we're trying to shoot this. <laughs> I remember we're doing the scene and you know, Sam is giving a bit of direction with it. He's saying, you know try to look like you're only to a point enjoying yourself so much and then, you know, at some point look like you're you're not enjoying it. And it's <laughs> it is such an opposite thing to be told to do from, you know, adult films where basically you're trying to show how much you're enjoying it to then be told, okay, you're going to be performing with this person who's extremely attractive and you have really good chemistry with now look like you're not at all enjoying what you're doing, that you're just constantly trying to get to the next step. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm just turning it up a little bit, because people are complaining. I just had it really down, I think it was just not registering, but... Uh, I mean, the, the soundtrack on this one is pretty is definitely not as much of the intensity of, like, you know, Vania, I feel.
3: At least in, yeah. like,
0: a lot of the parts. But I kind of like that, you know, that Sam Hill kind of um, doesn't always seem to, like he has to have that same tone <clears throat> to each of his films. That same form of intensity.
2: Yeah. By the way, is my speaker volume good enough for you? Or microphone volume?
0: Yeah, you sound good on my side. Perfect. Was it a weird transition to go from exotic to um, kind of end adding horror elements?
2: Uh, yeah, just because I really wasn't sure what to expect. It turned out to be a lot more fun than I was, I guess, I had anticipated. Um... You know, which was the reason I kind of wanted to get into it, was to just experience something so different. I would always wanted to do, you know, something else other than just solely erotic films, so being able to have that opportunity was great. But yeah, it was definitely different because for me, you know, doing adult films, it's just you and your scene partner or scene partners. And in this, getting to use props and blood almost becomes kind of like a third character within the scene, so...
0: So what was the trauma film that you were in?
2: Uh it's called Divide and Conquer. Uh it had just in fact I believe it just came out this year. Uh Mercedes Mercedes Muse was the person who made it. In fact they have a uh a showing for it this weekend in Santa Ana. Okay. Oh, cool. So she's gonna be there, Lloyd Kaufman's gonna be there and a few other people. hmm And I believe it's available for streaming now. I'm not 100% sure, but I want to say that is correct on their site. Yeah, I play like a super tiny part in and I'm the... I work the counter at a sex club. And so I greet the three main characters that come in and then flash them my genitals. (laughs) I think my genitals have more on-screen time than I do. (laughs) <laughs> so, which is always interesting when you know somebody spends 5-10 minutes with the camera just focused on using different lenses on your genitals and, you know you're doing this thing where you're like am I supposed to try to with my genitals and if so how? like what do you yeah. do in that situation
0: yeah and then it was like 30 extra takes you know stuff like that
2: yeah so <laughs> it's just it was definitely interesting, because, again, you know, things had just shut down again, uh, and it was October in, like, San Francisco, so it's freezing, and we're at this uh, sex club that's been closed for almost the entire, yeah, it's been closed pretty much the entire year since COVID, and, you know, we're all wearing, like, these skimpy clothing, trying to pretend like it's warm. Mm-hmm. So what got you into
0: sex work in the first place?
2: Uh, I actually got into it when I was 18, and it was just something I was really kind of intrigued by. Um, I kind of grew up really sheltered. So when I turned 18, my parents are older than most, most people's parents. And so when I turned 18, they're very old school in the sense that they're like, okay, you're 18. You either go to college and get a job, but whatever you do, you're, you're on your own type of deal. And so I had gone from being very sheltered to all of a sudden I'm 18 and I can kind of go run wild. And so, One of the first big things was, you know, I was like, well, I'm really interested in kink and things like that. So now that I'm 18, I can kind of pursue that. And very quickly that turned into, you know, looking into different parts of the community kink and then being like, oh, well, you can make money camming. And then each thing kind of just spiraled from there in a a good way. I Mm -hmm. think by the time I was like 18 and a half, I had already done an amateur porn by that point. So Mm -hmm. very quickly I had just dove in headfirst. It was just so intriguing to me.
0: Was there ever a moment you wanted to just turn back from it all and felt like you had overexposed yourself?
2: Uh, No. I had concerns kind of like anybody, you know, because people make such a big point like, oh, if you you post nudes or you, you send out anything like that, like, it'll follow you. It'll ruin you. And I realized very early in my life I didn't want a traditional career anything and so i figured i wouldn't want to work for a place that was going to judge me for the things that i was doing like that you know because a good majority of people watch porn a good majority of people we all have our own private lives people are into kink and all these things so i always thought it was really weird if a company wouldn't want to hire me or somebody was going to judge me because they find out i had done porn when they themselves have either watched porn or do kinky things in their private life so it's 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 baffling to me how weird people get when it comes to that.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: You know, it's like doing indie horror films, I guess, that are of this genre where they're triple X and they're a little bit harder. It's strange to me when I've told friends about it and they go, oh, like, that's so hard. Like, uh, how, how do you feel? Do you feel comfortable doing something that has, like, Ecrophilia and rape and things in it and I you know I, I point out I'm like how many big blockbuster movies do you watch daily where whole buildings full of people get wiped out without a second thought I'm like that's something you never think twice about but for these particular things it's it's a no-go and it's it's really strange to me that you know you mm-hmm. can watch a movie where hundreds of thousands of people are getting maimed and murdered all day mm-hmm. that's not a big deal but something like this is where people freak out about.
0: Yeah. I mean, and there has been, you know, films of this degree um, or early, but it's, you know, we look at the whole Ruffies and Grindhouse and even into Jack Smith and Flaming Creatures and getting into how much that caused an uproar with. When...
3: Yeah.
2: So this scene right here you're seeing where he like filmed our legs we have been filming that scene on the floor to that bathroom for like I think it was a solid hour where we both just laid there on the floor and that floor is like 55 degrees and we're just we must have used at least two gallons of that fake blood you know getting covered in all this stuff just you know freezing and being achy because it's just that hard floor.
0: So do you still have a uh, motorcycle?
2: Uh, I sold it not too long ago. So... Yeah, I uh, finally got a car for the first time in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, before then I'd had nothing but motorcycles. And... Finally got to a point where I figured, okay, I've, I've been in a few motorcycle accidents and... You know... My partner didn't feel comfortable with me always being on a motorcycle and it's just not practical all the times for some of the stuff I have to do, so I finally decided to get a pseudo-car.
0: There's a a question from Severed Cinema. Uh, Have you ever had a problem shooting with Sam where the hotel staff um, came knocking on the door during shooting?
2: Uh, I did not for this project or any other. Sam had told me it had happened before to him. In fact, I think he had told me that it happened with, um, during Vania that the hotel staff thought that Osprey was a hooker, if I remember right, or something to that degree, or one of the friends that was going there. We got a few strange looks originally when I had gotten there, but the hotel that we were at, I was You could tell that they were really hurting to get people to stay there at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But during the funny thing is, during this scene right here, there's hotel staff outside the door that are cleaning the hotel rooms on either side. So we have a do not disturb, but we could hear the people walking by with the carts, you know, and their heavy footsteps and opening the doors and closing them and making all the noise cleaning. And I told Sam, I was like, I'm just waiting for one of them to ignore the sign and just come through while we're shooting this particular scene. Wow. So it's like, at this exact moment right here, there's literally a lady. Um. Yep, I remember right at the scene, there's a lady with her cart, and she's talking on the phone on the other side of the door. That's the cleaning lady, and she's <laughs> complaining about how dirty the hotels are. And how she has to clean them, and she's tired of guests leaving messes. And I'm sitting here with all this fake blood dripping on the floor, mannequin impaled on my crotch.
0: I try not to laugh, probably. <laughs>
2: oh, I was trying not to laugh so hard, and that's why Sam like panned down because it is. I'm just sitting here, trying so hard to keep my composure, knowing the whole time I'm like, oh, I hope this lady doesn't knock or do something. Mm-hmm. was so sticky.
1: (laughs) I bet, yeah.
2: Yeah, with all the fake blood and just the material it's made from, it wound up like pulling skin off my crotch in areas. It was unpleasant and then the fake blood burned. Oh no. Yeah, it was uh, an unpleasant situation. I thought Sam was gonna (laughs) drop his camera when I The first time that I, like, pushed through and came out of the mouth, like, because Sam had no idea I was going to do that. He just told me, like, do whatever it is you're comfortable doing for the scene. So he just kind of let me go wild with it. Mm Mm-hmm. had so many people that were like, that's a weird tongue in that scene. What was that? And I'm like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> so
0: assuming you weren't able to finish with that.
2: So I was born intersexed. So even if I was able to finish, nothing would come out. Uh, okay. <laughs> so we, we actually used a, uh, a fake cum lube
3: mm-hmm.
2: to achieve that uh you know final look but yeah that that was not the world's most comfortable thing to try to use to get off too mm-hmm. just because it literally the, the mannequin head I call it a mannequin head is just styrofoam with silicone over it so it's just hollowed out and then it's just styrofoam all inside with that little bit of latex in it and so you know every so often I would have to pull off those little styrofoam white bubbles because they would be stuck to my cock. <laughs> mm mm-hmm. And this is the only scene in the entire film that I regret not taking a little further. Like, there was nothing else in the film that I was like, man, I regret not doing something or I wish I hadn't had to do that. The only thing that I regret in this entire film is, after my character climaxes, I wish I would have made out with the mannequin head.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. <clears throat> I think that, that was a good
2: touch. Yeah, I figured that would've. But hindsight's twenty twenty.
0: Does he give you any freedom in the story, or is it more just in the like scenes themselves?
2: Um. So in this one, he'd had a pretty good idea of what he wanted to do. And because we were just getting to know each other, um, I didn't have any particular thing that I was like, oh, this should be done differently or that. So I just kind of went along for it. In Flesh Eater X, I did add things or was like, hey, in this scene, instead of this, we should do this and things. And Sam gave me more freedom within that because by then we'd had really good rapport with each other.
3: Shot
1: of the head in the so,
3: bag. Uh, I didn't ever want freedom.
2: Frankly, I wanted death for myself. Mm-hmm. This was this to tell the world, world what I did. But I did
4: what I did not for reasons of but hate. Not for reasons I hate. I hated no one. I knew, I I knew that I was
2: sick. I knew that I was sick. Or evil. Maybe both. Well, thankfully, because of this film, we were able to do Flesh Eater X because we had so many people that wished this film would have been... you know, feature-length, and originally it was supposed to be feature-length. I don't know how much Sam has... talked about it, but... originally, we had... two other people that we were scheduled to film with, and everybody... except... Apricot pulled out at the last minute.
0: Yeah. You
2: know, which was understandable... Um, just because of COVID and everything, but yeah, we originally the scene with the guy that gets killed. There was supposed to be uh, a guy that was supposed to come through for his scene, and then there was supposed to be two other women, if I remember right.
0: Okay, so this was supposed to be like more victims than that. More of like yeah, you I being be- more of like a serial killer than just like a couple of. Yeah, versions, I you know. believe
2: the other scenes were gonna be me <clears throat> stalking one of the other victims. Uh, So it was going to go into me stalking one of the other victims and then implying killing them. And I think that was supposed to tie into how the guy got involved. I think it might have been somebody that, like, Hmm. saw me, but he didn't see the killing. And so I ended up, like, convincing him to come back to the hotel room for some fun time and then ended up killing him as well.
0: What artwork was done by Scott Jorgensen? I'm just gonna move it. Uh, it's that um,
1: watercolor piece of the uh, mask that's on the front of that uh, limited edition uh, slip, and on the standard DVD, I think.
0: Oh, okay. I just didn't realize that he did. That was his artwork.
1: Okay. Uh, um,
0: do we have any questions from the peeps? This is kind of now that we have, who's come over? Anyone has anything? Yeah, thank you so much, by the way. Um really appreciate it.
3: Yeah, um now I suppose that this question would be more fitted for Sam, but seeing as he isn't here, I guess might as well ask it here. Uh this movie when I saw it for the first time really reminded me of this uh viral video from well over a decade ago called Putrid Sex Object. Um I don't know if I don't know if y'all have heard of it, but this reminded me a lot okay. of that, and I was curious if this took any inspiration from that. No, I'll yeah. have to check that out. Yeah, I'm not aware okay. of that either.
2: Yeah, I wish I could answer that for you. no idea.
3: Yeah, it's a... I'm, not, I'm still not totally sure what it was. It was this weird, like, art project, mm-hmm. and it was this... Um, it was this uh this like a uh, guy in drag in like a this really dirty, dark room, and he like he just he fucks a cow head just he like a severed cow head I don't know if it's real or not, but that's basically all that happens in it, and the whole vibe and the scene with the pig and everything reminded me of a lot of that so. Yeah, I guess I was what was it called a again? Putrid Sex Object. Came oh. out in 2000,
0: 2007 or 2008. Okay. Apparently, the rat saw uh, Oh My God about that statement. So, you have some fans about that. <laughs> I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's.
3: I think it's it was.
4: Sorry, I think it was 2007. Because I remember hearing about it. And um, I briefly
3: saw it. And. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 2007. Yeah, I'd suggest like just looking into it, because this, you know, as soon as I saw this, that was the first thing I thought of, and... Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I wanted to ask. I uh, love the movie, by the way. That was really insane, but y'all you know, pulled it off spectacularly.
4: Uh, yeah, so- it wasn't...
3: It wasn't what I
4: expected it was going to be. It was actually quite good. This is my first Sam Hell movie, so uh, really, really interesting uh, to hear about the movie and uh, just kind of get to watch it and uh, hear the commentary. It's really, really quite interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the the serial killer, or the killer, I'm a bit of like Elizabeth Bathory or kind of like that, or kind of diving more into her um Sexuality, though I guess more,
3: but uh, it seems there's there's a lot more questions in the yeah um, I, chat. I know,
2: ever cinema asked, was there any backla- backlash? Backlash? Uh, I've never heard any about either film, Flesh Eater X, or um, Love Dump. I think the closest that we ever got to anything that would have been viewed as backlash was somebody wanted to review the film. Um, and said that it portrayed transgender people in a negative light because it portrayed us as being the quintessential, oh, if you're trans and you're the crazy serial killer, which I could kind of see, but at the same time, my argument against it was, you know, being tr- the, the character being trans had nothing to do with their sexuality. So, whereas you know, for instance, in Silence of the Lambs, their sexuality and gender very closely tied in this one those two had nothing to do with each other just happened to be that the character was trans and a serial killer so that was about as close to negativity and when I explained that to the person they were just kind of like okay well I'm not going to write a review because I have my opinions but yours are valid and that was about it Mm -hmm. you know outside of just people saying oh it's not for them that's really about the worst backlash I've heard
0: yeah so you have some other projects kind of coming up um like about um, pink material pictures, um, the documentary, which I'm very stoked for.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, and then also the I'm kind of curious on that cyberpunk movie that you're doing, like the cyber sex illegal upgrade.
2: Uh, yeah, so we finished shooting the first episode uh, last month, and so they are in the process of getting everything edited and put together at the moment but we still have four more episodes to shoot and then it will get re-released as a uh feature length cyberpunk film slash adult film
0: okay almost like coming out like a pilot type thing
2: yeah it's episodics and yeah. then you know so whether you want to do um episodes or you just want to wait till the whole thing comes out mm-hmm. uh, but yeah i got lucky to be able to you know be a part of it because the person doing it is a big fan of like porn with a story instead of just immediate, you know and I kind of started going more that direction with my career as of late where I enjoy doing adult content but I want to do adult content that has a bit more to it so that there's something for me to do Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah, I really dig um, Naughty Peach Dragon's style, have you worked with them before?
2: uh, They're actually the one that is in the trauma film that's oh that's okay. originally how we met. Oh, nice. so, yeah, we originally met for they're one of the main characters so we stayed in touch and recently um, you know I was able to get them in connection with a few people I know so we're going to be going out to Southern California to work together so hopefully we'll be doing some more stuff together in the near future as well shooting content
0: yeah, do they do they utilize the split tongue? <laughs> at least like i kind of showing that in the film
2: uh, they're actually not in the cyberpunk film.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
2: Yeah. They're yeah. gonna be in the uh, upcoming project that we're working on. Oh, cool.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna say more, uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> but, I'm stuck for it. Um, oh. <clears throat> but, yeah, any other questions we got? Oh,
3: just out of
4: curiosity, like, what was the creative process
1: writing the script of this movie like? What were the inspirations,
2: I guess? Uh, in for on Sam's side of it or on my side of it? Um. You know, I, I couldn't answer for Sam, sadly, um, just because I don't... Yeah. Some of the stuff I know, uh, Sam's talked about where he drew a lot of his inspiration that when he was writing this, I guess he was going through a period where he was listening to a lot of True Crimes podcasts, so he would just put those on and then just start writing. So he had originally, when we talked about it, I think he said he'd spent a period of about a month solid just every day listening to True Crimes while he was working and doing things, and so eventually... You know, a bunch of these things started jumping out, and he really wanted to, you know, get something on film for it.
0: Yeah, it was good to have um, Sam doing the screening with with Vania, and then, and it'd be nice to see if um, they'll go back into it. And, and I, I try to get them to do a little bit of other screening, but yeah, they're not having any part right now. I'm completely trying to separate,
3: but...
2: Yeah, I mean, he's just a very busy guy in general between, you know, family life and and things, and so, you know, every so often everybody's gotta, you know, step back from the community when you just need to focus on yourself, so. No, for sure, because he is, like, a,
0: a infant, right? I mean, it's like, barely a year old, maybe? Uh,
2: he yeah, has a kid, I'm not 100% sure on the age, to be honest. Oh, okay. Um... Yeah, I'm just really bad with kids' age. Like, I can look at a kid and be like, oh, they're like two, and people be like, they are like five, and I'm like, I don't have kids. <laughs> Sorry. I, couldn't even- yeah. I just have zero experience <clears throat> with children, so I always just tell people, like, I am so not the person that you want to babysit or deal anything in children. I talk to children like I do adults, so it never goes <laughs> over well. So to bring
0: Silas into this, what was your inspiration in the art for making Love Dump? Like what made you decide what you drew
1: it's um well it's really cool to hear um will uh bring up that sam was being heavily inspired by like the true crime podcasts and stuff because i remember um back when he had originally um offered for me to do the artwork for the standard re-release for this i was kind of into a lot of the same stuff at the same time um i i think the um mirroring aesthetics that you see in this, like it all just kind of lined up in a really, I don't know. It was just really cool timing. Um Just because I was going through a phase where I was getting into a lot of like true crime podcasts and um like mini documentaries and stuff. And also kind of getting into a lot of like old school and also like the current like revival wave, like death metal, um like American death metal. And, you know, a lot of those bands pull from, like, true crime and uh, shock influence and, you know, reference, like, Faces of Death and real gore stuff and all that. Um But I was trying to... I don't know, I, I had... I think the only thing I really had concretely going into that was that I wanted it to be a diptych and to create the two separate pieces instead of just the one. And then I wanted it to have kind of a weird color palette. So I decided to do like mainly the, you know, like the primary colors and then a little bit of the pops of pink for apricots skin. And then the skin of the severed head. um, Cause I thought that that would be kind of a neat, weird standout, <laughs> but yeah, I was just trying to do something that had like a weird, but like, I don't know, interesting composition and kind of a um really like rough and, visceral quality um i I started I didn't actually before doing the piece get into it but after I did the piece I started looking at more um, like outsider and underground like comic art and stuff and that's when I started getting into and finding out that Sam was already into like Mike Deanna and a bunch of uh other artists that connote similar styles um with just like really really stark or intense imagery play- with like kind of a playful color palette or approach. So I think that's what it kinda like moved into once I actually had something to base off of other pieces of media.
3: hmm
0: well, cool. Um uh, I think we're kinda getting to the last bit of questions. Does anyone have any last things or any questions to Silas that you have for Wolfie or or vice versa. Yeah,
1: Well, first I wanted to just add in a general um, note that I thought was kind of cool about the the film. Uh, It just seems like um, that kind of like really gritty, like grindhouse roughy kind of aesthetic with the the cinematography and the uh, filter that's put over and everything, it it really serves to connote kind of stylistically what he was going for, but then also I think that the, uh, the score itself and the lack of general dialogue, um, is really interesting because it almost makes this play out as if you're, like, in this very removed state of being. Like, it feels like you're watching, like, a fever dream or something that's akin to, like, a complete, like, dissociation from like the psychosis that this killer is experiencing. Um, and I was curious, Wolvie, if you knew going in or if Sam voiced it at any point in time, um, that the plan was for this to be a primarily dialogue lists and more quiet experience, or if you actually did shoot um, scenes of dialogue.
2: No, there was no dialogue. He was very good up front of being like, hey, don't don't worry about making noise. He's like, because I'm not recording audio, which was okay. nice because there were just certain move certain times where, you know, he would ask, Oh, could you put your leg down or could you move this? Or when, you know, me and er- Africa are laughing during scenes or I'm joking with Sam, just where you can't see it. So he let me know <laughs> very early on when they were doing it, that there wasn't going to be any uh, dialogue for it, that he really wanted something that was going to be body heavy movement. To really convey what was going on, uh, and he had expressed that because he wanted to make sure that I could be animated with my face enough to portray certain scenes.
1: And then with um, I'm curious if he commented as well with the location that you shot at, especially with it being you know kind of a real deal like C D motel. um. Did he specifically choose that location and actually look at interiors yeah. before
2: choosing? He purposefully had chosen that one because I guess at some point when he had done a project with um, Osprey, they had stayed in that hotel, not that exact room, but I guess they had stayed at the hotel maybe for even possibly Vania. I don't know if it was, if it was that hotel uh, that was used for or if it was... But he had... Um, had them stay there and he loved how seedy that hotel had looked so he had it in mind when specifically doing this because he wanted that kind of hotel that would look like you know cost like 60 dollars a night you know you get in they don't really ask questions or anything like that and that's pretty much how that hotel was like uh and this kind of answers one of the questions somebody asked about behind the scenes stories the very day that i got there that hotel is um at least the hotel room is About the size of an average person's bedroom, like, it's not very big. It's wider than it is, or it's longer than it is wide, and then it's just this bathroom. So you open the the secondary doors you see in the scene where I shoot the guy, um, off camera. What's funny is, there's a bathroom window which has, like, prison bars through it, and then behind that is a heavy-duty steel mesh and then immediately behind that is a concrete cinder block wall that goes up 10 feet past the top of the hotel so there's like a four foot gap between it that i guess they'd had to worry about people getting between there and breaking in and so i was taking a video to show my partner of the hotel room because it was just such a strange hotel to be in um and i was showing them the bathroom how like i didn't get any water pressure in the shower and as soon as i stopped recording to show them how bad the water pressure was The head to the shower shoots off and just shatters against the shower wall. And it had turned out that the hotel, somebody had broken it at some point. And instead of the hotel replacing it, they just decided to wrap the inside with duct tape and then stick it back on. (laughs) And so the reason it had no water pressure is because it wasn't actually hooked up. So the water would spray in the head and then just fill it up and pour out. So once the shower head exploded against the, the wall, it was just a straight water out of the pipe there was nothing to like tamper it or slow it down it was the most ridiculous thing so everything after that like when i had to clean myself to get the blood off i would have to use a cup and pour water from the bottom drain on it because it would just shoot too hard a water pressure
1: dang <clears throat> yeah i i'd love that that's actually cool because it kind of gives even more context to exactly what kind of a place this was you know um but then also, I I love the location um, because of the uh, like the sickly yellow and green oh, tones, yeah. like the green drapes and the yellow on the walls, you know, and wish, it just fits I so I well.
2: wish that we could have gotten more of it, because it's one of those hotel rooms that you could tell has been owned by numerous different people over the years, and instead of renovating it, they just paint it, <laughs> because there was a section where I scratched the wall, and it must have been, like, 20-plus layers deep of the thickest and ugliest like latex paint you know it's like that kind of paint that you know apartment places would buy in like 50 gallon drums and then just pour on like it was ridiculous (laughs) and it's hard to see but there was a picture on one of the walls and it was actually outlined because the previous people would smoke in the room and it had just like soaked into the picture frame the paint behind it was like slightly more fresh That's funny. And so instead (laughs) of painting over the whole thing when they painted it, they saved... They were like, oh, we won't paint that area because that's fresh paint. So then you could see this, like, layer of like where it's square where there's no paint. And I realized, I'm like, oh my god, it's because something used to be there. And then they wanted to save a one-foot-by-one-foot piece of paint by not painting the fresh paint right there. It was the most (laughs) ridiculous thing. That's wild. And kind of leading
1: into that aesthetically did... Did, uh, did Sam request um, Apricot to wear the kind of outfit that she did? Or did she do that just on her
3: own? Well,
2: he did request to bring kind of like, if I remember right, he said, oh, you know, bring anything that gives kind of cheap hooker vibes uh, would be kind of the thing we joked about. And so, you know, doing um, the type of work that we both do, we usually have some pretty ridiculous Clothing that you build up over the years that people will request you to use or you purchase to do content in. And so they just had like this duffel bag full of all sorts of like random clothing that they were like, oh, I've used this for shoots or have gone to like odd nightclub events wearing these things. So, you know, cool. Sam and her got together and just picked which particular items of clothing they wanted to use for it. And that's yeah, what they wanted to
1: the, the outfit looks really spot on for like kind of the like, gritty 70s connotation, especially oh, with, yeah. like, the brown well, skirt and the,
2: because the frills on the top. It's only shown for a little bit when Sam's following them around and recording them. We walked around with her for about a good 40 minutes in different locations recording her, and I would either walk in front of her or behind her, depending which direction Sam was recording, because of the amount of people guys that would drive by and were catcalling them and then like a few people would slow down to try to talk with her even though we were recording like it was ridiculous we had a few people that asked if she was available
3: right. and then
2: yeah so like Sam's filming and i'm standing there basically playing bodyguard just having you know because i'm walking around in this trench coat with this fuck off look on my face <laughs> <laughs> you know and anytime somebody would slow down and look like they wanted to do something I would immediately move up to show that I was with them and then they'd immediately just drive off. Oh. So yeah, I had that's a question true. for you when it came to doing the art did Sam have you preview the film beforehand just so you could figure out like where to go with it or did he just kind of explain things from it, give you some photos and say, okay, go from here.
1: Yeah. So I had, um, I had already owned the original release and was already a fan of it. Um, by the time he asked me about doing art for that re-release and then, um, I think maybe what had made him want to consider me, because I think that was the second project I had done for him after just the Felicia Fisher documentary project. Um, and I I think I had watched Love Dump and then given him like pretty lengthy like notes on the stuff I liked about it. Um and then I think he may have reached out because of that and then um so he kinda gave me free reign on it. I think he just said I think he, what he had suggested was maybe doing like a collage approach and having just like different pieces of like key imagery from different key scenes in the film included in the artwork. So that was pretty much the only direction. But other than that, he kind of gave me free reign on it. And so I just kind of did something.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to have some of your art pieces now, which, you know, I have hanging up at my workstation.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm I'm super glad that I was able to, make this connection with you and then share that stuff with you. It's super awesome. To, it was a super awesome feeling to be able to send that stuff your way.
2: I don't know. I think it's probably one of the biggest compliments you can get when somebody does art of something you've been involved in. And so I'm always, I always geek out when somebody's like, I have art of you. Do you want it? So I'm always like, yes. <laughs> it's, it's so flattering to have somebody spend that kind of energy and time to create something of you, you know?
1: Yeah, well, I really loved your presence in this film, but also in um, uh, Flesh Eater X as well. Uh, I think there's. I think you have a very unique, um, like, imposing, but also unassuming quality that you bring to the characters that you're playing, especially with what they're doing, you know, like being these
2: yeah killer killers
1: kind of hiding in plain sight, and
2: i find yeah, of an alien look, look I've been told,
1: <laughs> yeah like it you lend yourself really well to each of the roles. I'm really excited to see what comes next for you,
2: yeah, uh it'll be the cyberpunk uh film, you know, and for those that have Twitter, they can check it out there. there'll be postings and uh soon to be trailer or teaser trailer at least to be released for it soon, so can't post it on Instagram because uh, they don't like that too much.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It took me a while to get on Twitter, and, and just realizing of how much I'm like, oh, I could have been getting away with a lot of this and not been sitting in Facebook jail for freaking ever.
2: Yeah, a lot of people don't like Twitter to begin with because they think it's a really weird layout. And I tell people like, look, it seems weird for the first couple days, and then almost immediately you discover it is so designed to be app and user friendly like it's 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 very dumbed down and simplistic and so after like a few days of really using it you realize that like it's not complicated the reason it seems complicated is the lack of complication to it it's just you know it's a very basic app which is what I really enjoy about it and the fact that you can really post just about anything as long as it's within their guidelines but like the, the guidelines are so loose. yeah the fact that they allow nudity and gore type stuff as long as it's you know not
0: well even no even real gets to pass sometimes the feel but
2: you know, as long as your account is set up that it is over 18 and that you set it as nsfw then kind of a some people want you to put like a warning like hey you're about to see something but i always tell people like if yeah. you're if you're journeying to that end of twitter i don't have time to put a warning you Yeah, I feel like if I could
0: just put one on my page as general on my first intro, then you should just know that anything I post, just don't subscribe
2: to my shit. (laughs) I'm like, somebody's viewing my page. Um, If you missed my header, and you're just, like, expecting something else, that's It's not like I'm posting,
0: like, half kittens, half you know, like gore. It's like, it's
2: like
0: <laughs> I mean that's maybe my Facebook page. is like half my dog, half, you know, QVC No like, <laughs> uh, I
2: know, uh, half my Facebook is yeah, like things of cats or it's semi political stuff. So it's I just don't do anything with Facebook because it's it's just at this point, as most of us know, it's just like overrun with older people that are very well, I won't get into the political side of things, but uh heavy handed with certain things. So I just like it's it's so hard to post anything on there anymore, and then you're never sure what the reach is, and Instagram- Yeah, and also
1: the algorithm and just the way that the app is set up in general, and the way that it's um, kind of crossing over into Instagram's functionality now has gotten to the point where it has really just, like, killed the reach of yeah. a lot of the, like, art accounts and art-centric accounts that were... Yeah, you um, have to join in groups. Including, like, directors and photographers and whoever else, but just like, it seems like those kinds of accounts are really dying out on there. I've thought about making a full switch to Twitter for that same reason.
2: I really hope you at least, you know, build one and, and become active because I would love to promote your stuff. You do such amazing art.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll let you know um, if I do. And also I'd like to get links from you to some of those other projects here. Yeah. in that yeah. are coming up because I need to check those out.
0: Yeah, speaking of flush eater X and having that uh, original painting from yours, and I don't think I could ever let go of that. uh... Thank
1: you. I'm glad you picked
0: it up. Seriously,
1: that was like a really big deal to me.
0: Like someone's like two thousand, like nope, two million, (laughs) maybe. I don't know. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Thank you again for picking that up. That really made my day when you did that.
0: Yeah, no, that was definitely one of those pieces that just stood out to me immediately, and I, I kind of liked um, how it feels like a, a Mona Lisa because it's, it's like smaller than you expect it to be.
2: It's Which like, short piece did you get? Um, the alternate
0: the,
1: um, cover, the Flash Eater X cover that. Oh, like, oh the one that has you in the
2: towel and the black shirt.
1: It's um the opposite one, the one where it's the two hanging figures, and oh, you okay. here.
2: Yeah, because cause my personal favorite wound up being uh, the one with the, where I'm in a towel and then in the black shirt. Like I love that art piece. I don't know what about it, but when you when you draw it with the no face in the center piece, I loved that. Oh, I'm glad that you like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is that, about uh, that? Piece, but I see it and I'm like, I love this.
1: <laughs> and then a Benjamin Morningstar, who's done a bunch of um, he's produced a bunch of Sam's stuff. He bought the original of that one, and that one's a little bigger than the. Uh, one that Christian bought just because I had a canvas that had a lot of like pre-prep texture and stuff on it that I wanted to use for that. Um, But yeah, I'm really glad that you dug that as well. If there, uh, Wolvie, if there are art pieces that I haven't sent you prints for, uh, send me a message and I'll shoot some
2: your way. I'm pretty sure you covered them because I got the ones from Flesh Eater X and I got the ones from Love Dump.
1: Okay, I couldn't remember if I had sent you the Flesh Eater X stuff or not.
2: Yeah, you, you'd send them both. In fact, I think the Flesh Eater X one was a kind of a surprise because I remember you were like, oh, I'll send you these. And then you're like, oh, if I throw in a couple extra. So I was just figuring it was going to be a couple extra of the Love Dump stuff. And then I got that and I was like, oh, wow. OK, he meant extras <laughs> and other pieces. Which so. is always funny when like I've had people over and they do that like double take where they like look at some of the art pieces and they stared at it in a moment and then they're not sure if they should ask about it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I feel that.
2: (laughs) I think whenever we have people over, they just stop asking. We have so many, like, bones and skulls and, like, weird stuff on the walls to my apartment that people just kind of figure at this point it's normal.
1: Mm -hmm. It's its own gallery.
2: Pretty good. I know, now
0: I have my whole uh, office kind of dedicated, and I have so much empty walls, and like, I need a film. (laughs) So... I'll be posting up some stuff so I might hit you up soon. Um uh, well, I guess that's uh it unless there's any other last questions.
1: Yeah. I I I just had one last question. Um
4: is there anywhere I can pick this movie up on DVD cuz I really liked it. <laughs>
0: There's a few. It's still
4: on, video. It's on Vimeo, but it's also, I think there may be some DVDs.
0: No, Brokehouse so- is still a go. They have um, you can get the the full variety one. It's basically the uh, Brokehouse um, oh. compilation. So it has like um, the Love Dump, and um, I forget. Actually, I have it. Hold on. I'll give you the.
1: Yeah, you might reach out to sam because i'm not sure if he has the dvd listed on the web stores right now but he might have extra copies i'm just not sure yeah but the, 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 the Brokaw's collection
0: has hardcore uh green hell vania um exploration of sin suck my blood and love dump so that's the one you can Very pick awesome. up in the brokos site and it basically
1: is like everything yeah that's why i highly recommend if you that one play a bdr you should be good yeah
4: thank you how did it go?
0: it went really well I think it went really well
4: yeah this was awesome
0: yeah <laughs> awesome. no I think um, just always a little hiccup in the um, beginning with audio so but that's kind of like
3: was on my it's end. our signature
0: <laughs> oh no it's not even sometimes it's like whether it's like um there's always something it's like literally I think we've almost had an, some issue almost every single one <laughs> <laughs> I had one where the entire audio I didn't get the, any of it I, I lost all the, the whole recording I was like damn it.
2: <laughs> what, do you, what do you do in a situation like that? Do you just ask to re... I just don't like- do it. I
0: just, I just, I, take, I count as a loss and just, I mean, it's still fun, you know, for um, for the experience, for people to be able to, to tune in yeah. and everything. So, like, I did that for Barf Bunny and uh, I didn't record that one. And that was more because I just didn't know what the hell I was doing when I was first figuring out the recording and, um, because it was just a new setup for me. Um... But then the other ones, um, there's a couple of hiccups, so, but I think we're, we're getting it down. We're not going
2: to let yeah. it go. <laughs> Looks like you have a pretty good following of people.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's usually about, about that whenever it's definitely toned down now. Um, it was, I was watching it up, It usually peaks, uh, I think the most is about like 35 is about the most that I've ever seen at the highest, but, um, but
1: yeah. We have so? lost a philosophy pre verification because we're just starting to verify some of the members. I think most, cause most, of the, most of the active people are verified.
3: Uh, just, uh,
4: we have yeah. a lot of live stuff we want to mess around with though. Mm-hmm. So and not just this, but like we'll, we want to do like a few different shows, game <laughs> shows, and I did my first trivia last night. Did you guys watch that? No. I did a um, horror trivia at the end of uh, Horror Corridor last night. Oh, I saw
1: oh, the uh, push notification for it. I still
4: need to check it. <laughs> it's like extreme I did like extreme horror cuz both of the dudes that I that I uh, did a trivia with they're like deep into oh, yeah. unearthed films and grindhouse and all that kind of well, stuff. Well, I listen,
0: I listened to Falchi part where you're where you're talking about um yeah, that and then yeah. the, the you shouting out to the loved up or loved up um, sorry. um Duckby. I got loved up on my head.
4: <laughs> Bureau? Steve Bureau? Yeah, don't torture a duckling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he talks about Bureau a lot. I guess J Hex wants to be like a. like Do kind of like Crypt Keeper type hosting kind of thing for Unearthed. And he's talking to Ooh, Bureau cool. about it, so.
0: Yeah. And apparently, Bureau is going to be coming out um, with a bunch of Sam Hell as well, He's going to come out with basically that trilogy, the Blood trilogy. Um. Which should be cool.
2: Yeah, that should be nice. Mhm. I know his stuff has such a huge following. I get a lot of people constantly asking where they can find a lot of his stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm almost complete. I have like a, I'm missing like a couple of different releases, but I I just I have spent way too I'm, much and have way too much. But... I'm a
2: staggered when I see people posting like on some of the Facebook groups of people selling his films on eBay for just astronomical amounts.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it happens a lot with just anything, though, that's pressed in small amounts. And, like,
2: yeah, it just it's so weird to me because, like, a lot of times Sam will have copies of that still available and somebody will be selling it on eBay for just, you know, $100, $200. And Sam will, like, somebody will post it in a Facebook group. And he would, you know, at the time when he was active, he was like, hey, I still have that available to purchase, like, through me.
4: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, in that case, it's kind of a kind of a scam. A little bit of a yeah, scalp, scalping. Some
2: use tires out front of a tire shop, you know. <laughs> yeah,
4: basically, scalping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really? funny. Oh, not really, but I know what you mean. It's peculiar. I mean, I wants to make yeah. a buck, but
2: you know, like I remember somebody was selling a night in Gotham, the uh, small release. Oh, I saw that. TV. Yeah, I have yet to see that one, but I remember it vividly, and just (laughs) some of the stupid stuff that we were doing between scenes and and laughing about.
1: Yeah, that's just a funny, like, silly little release, too. I'm really surprised that, uh, because I I know I saw one, a post where it was, like, priced for a really, really high amount. Yeah, I think it was like $120
2: or something like that. (laughs) Pretty wild. Yeah, um, I kind of,
0: I lucked out on some of this stuff and, like, even my last recent buys I got a lot of the recent um, more, like, uh, Molly Walsh and Category 4 stuff for, like, 50 each, which is, like, outrageous, because I've seen those go up for bids and I bid it on one, the like, the Bizarre Art of Samantha and I remember that bid got up to, like, 150 on,
1: on that. And Yeah, so I really want to get mm. the Cat 4 stuff, but it's just getting increasingly difficult. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. Have a
4: good night, everybody. I'm glad it went well. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, thank you. Andy.
4: Take care. Also, congrats on your show's Bye. growth. Does anybody hit me up if you need anything. Bye.
3: Thank
4: you. Thank you. This was awesome, y'all.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I plan on, I'm definitely want to do more of these and get back more into the habit. So, yeah. And any recommendations, I'll try to hit up the, you know, at least a cast member or at least I have somebody you know, I don't want to just screen it with with nobody involved in the project, yeah. so I mean,
2: yeah. is it easy for you to get a hold of like people in the project and then wanting to be involved in it? Um, Sur-
0: surprisingly, it hasn't been that difficult. It's um, most of the people seem pretty down to the idea. Um, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's because it's a, Yeah, I think it's because it seems like such a, um, you know, it's a cool platform. I feel or a good format that it's easy to kind of like tap into if you can just you know figure out Discord a little bit. So Yeah, I
2: mean, you know, again, coming from my background, most people that want to chat me up, it's usually for, you know, a different means, so having somebody actually be like, hey, we want to talk about you know, what you do with these projects I think is just so interesting, because, you know, it would not usually be something somebody would do for me. Mm-hmm. So it's always fun when, you know, getting to be able to talk about something and reminisce on some of the weird stuff that happened behind the scenes.
0: Yeah. And my big goal is to kind of make all this stuff kind of like exclusive content so that um, people can subscribe to it so they can tune into this whenever, and I'll have kind of like a... It's almost like its own channel. Because I obviously can't put this on YouTube um and things like that, but if, you know, I put a whole Patreon together where you can, you know, pay a certain subscription and watch these
2: Be movies, but with it... Patreon has a whole thing against, uh you know certain types of nudity and things like that. like they, there... they cleared house, because there was a bunch of us that used to run Patreons and things like that for like, oh, subscribing kind of like an OnlyFans, and then Is there,
0: there something else that's like an alternative that a lot of people move to? Um, I'm trying sure to remember the name of it.
2: I mean, sadly, when it, when it comes to being able to view certain content and things like that, they ended up moving to OnlyFans and using them in that sense, mm. where they would put up odd types of material but because it had adult theming on it the problem with only fans is they recently um moved away from more quote-unquote hardcore stuff so you can't have simulated blood you can't simulate certain non-consent consent material mm-hmm. so it's just progressively getting harder and harder to find places to put these up you almost end up having to create your own site to put it up on, and then using PayPal for people to join on the different tiers, and then you give them yeah. access to stuff that's outside. That's probably everything.
0: what I ultimately end up doing, is just kind of paying someone to help me build up a site, and just kind of getting that going. Um,
2: yeah, definitely worth it.
0: I mean, I already have kind of, um, what's that, um, it's kind of like a basic setup site that's like you can do through Anchor, um, but... Oh, here, I
2: thought you were going to go with the GoDaddy.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but I wouldn't. I need, probably need to get a domain eventually and eventually, um, but probably not through GoDaddy. No, I'll, I'll figure out some other way of getting a domain.
2: No, oh, yeah, it's definitely worth it. It will, it will help boost, you know, your following <clears> and get in <throat> some revenue to start, you know, recuperating what you put into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I still need to license all this stuff to be honest, because I just haven't really made any money so hasn't necessarily been a reason to get it all business licensed yet, but I know the name's not taken yet, so that's good. At least when it comes to my state. Or wherever it be in legal reasons.
3: That's-
0: <clears throat> but I, I need to I looked- step on it. Sorry, go
4: ahead. I was curious yeah, I looked
1: at the um, the site restrictions on, the um, think it was me like, by Sophie Ladder at uh, it's sort of and it says that you know fake blood is allowed on many vids and
2: um, X videos. It's even
1: Scatbook doesn't have that isn't allowed. That it's a quite a interesting list. Considering how even like we seem to be seen as lack pre lax sites for How we on they're on certain things. But yeah, um, one actually one question I did have it was more of a like just general question about film recommendations for. We close off let's see you
0: know, what films do you have you seen recently that you recommend or film you know
1: that this film reminds you of
0: is that for wolfie or um for silas I both i guess
1: i'm trying to think of if there's anything that i've seen that quite connotes this I, I guess um, what do you
0: think mostly, sorry I was mostly thinking about any, any good films you've seen recently or any favourites in... uh, it, yeah. it has a forced entry kind of feel in some parts
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah I can't think of anything that you know has a similarity uh, just in terms of films that I've watched recently um, that you know or on any subject in terms of recommendation to watch is probably 13th warrior it's a super underrated movie for those that may have seen it or know of it
1: yeah i haven't seen that one I'll have to look into that also yeah, I, I haven't watched very much of anything recently i've been like oh, really, really headfirst in projects yeah <laughs>
2: It has Antonio Banderas in it. It's from the 90s. Um, okay. It's actually based on a book by Michael Crichton. It's called Um Dead. Oh, cool. So if you like any... Ah, yeah, that's it. it is, uh, it's based on a book. I highly recommend the book for those of you that enjoy reading. It's probably one of my all-time favorite books.
0: I know you're a big Godzilla fan, right?
2: Oh, yeah. I'm such a giant nerd. I grew up on Godzilla, <laughs> and so... <laughs> so... To show you how nerdy I am, when I was doing fighting and they would ask what intro music you want, you know, everybody always wants either a rap song or a really hardcore rock song or things like that. I remember specifically asking if they would play the theme song, to the Pacific Rim for Gypsy Danger. You know? <laughs> and, you know, I remember they're like, we can't do that because that goes under different copyright laws. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So I was like, that sucks.
0: <laughs> or they could have like a st- or do a soundboard of like the screech of Godzilla and you can just like bring up your arms every time you enter.
4: And you know, it's like a flute cover.
2: I made my partner watch the original Godzilla about a year ago and they fell asleep through it, and I'm doing this thing where we're laying on the bed and I'm super into it, so I've like slid halfway up the bed and it's the scene where finally they actually show Godzilla and his leg comes down and crushes the Bambi rail car and I look over to my partner and say, and they're asleep, and I'm just like, "Are you kidding me?"
0: <laughs> yeah, and, uh, it's, I know. I can't believe how like how long Godzilla's been around. Like I always forget that. Like it's a pretty old film. The original was. Yeah, nineteen
2: fifty-four.
0: Yeah, it's crazy how old just...
2: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, they've been around for a while in all their iterations, and I'm a whore for every one of them, <laughs> except. The 1999 Matthew Broderick that is not Godzilla, and I stand by mm. it.
0: Even Baby Godzilla, the one with the baby.
2: <laughs> so, so which Baby Godzilla? Because
0: the original one, the one that I guess oh. there was a notorious for being bad, or so there's like one that's yeah. just kind of like.
2: Yeah, the one that's called that turns out that it's not actually they recan it and say that it's not Baby Godzilla that it that they actually have a different name. It's called Manila.
0: Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> So, canonically, that is not a baby Godzilla. It's a different species known as Manila. Oh, um, I see. And they have a new baby Godzilla that had such an interesting soundboard because they actually used the sound of baby horses neighing. So, if you ever watch the one with the new baby Godzilla, it makes this, like, when a baby horse kind of whinnies and makes these noises, it's hilarious, and then it shoots these little atomic bubbles. <laughs>
0: Yeah, i want have to rewatch all the Godzillas. I just or rewatch. I haven't watched that many, but um, just kind of go through the whole series.
2: Oh, you could spend over a week of watching. I mean, I think at this point there's, I think thirty-seven or forty-two different Godzilla movies.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to see how many Godz. I, I set up a, a category. Yeah, thing. that one's Manila. And I have oh, I have twenty-four Godzilla films yeah. so. I need
4: to get through. So which one's your favorite out out of out,
1: out of all of them, or do you have a favorite?
2: Uh I I go by Eras and so I do love the original uh, Showa Godzilla. But High had a you know interesting take. So there's that point when they get right around the two thousand where it has kind of that feline look that looks a little bit more angry. Um I have a soft spot for some of those, but I do really like that that Showa era of Godzilla because that's what yeah. I grew up with—that original Godzilla. Yeah. You know, Godzilla versus Megalon. You know, Godzilla itself. Godzilla versus King Kong. Like.
0: What about Gamera?
2: You know, I enjoyed the new ones as well, just because it was such a different and interesting take on them. Like, I would love to be in a, in a. Like a kaiju film. Like if somebody was like, "Hey, we're gonna do a triple X kaiju film," I would be there <laughs> immediately.
0: I can see that. <laughs> I'm just kind of envision that somehow.
2: <laughs> hey, kaiju's need love too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they yeah. did just they did just do the whole you know new Jackass with the whole penisaurus thing you know going through. It was kind of like a Godzilla thing, so.
2: I've actually it never seen anyone done. with black asses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, the scene's worthy for, you know, trying to be a replica of a Godzilla scene with with a phallus, so... Of course.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, There's that. just, oh, I've always loved those... There's something so... I think that's why, like, I love Guillermo del Toro movies so much, is because he is such a fan of making actual props and suits when it comes to things, and so being somebody who grew up with like Godzilla seeing you know a director that really brings that stuff over like in Hellboy the Samael is an actual person in a suit I, I love stuff like that yeah that's super cool like I would love to be able to do suit work of that styling like Doug Jones yeah and for those that don't know who Doug Jones is he plays Ape Sapien in both the movies And he has, like, a slew of other movies where he... I think he's been in a ton of the Guillermo del Toro movies as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, he has. And it's it's really yeah. crazy how much creature work he's done once you look into it. Like, I've seen him in super huge budget mainstream release theatrical movies all the way down to, like, really shitty low-budget yeah, low like direct-to-video releases. Yeah.
2: And the funny thing is he is very active. He was very active. I think he might still be. Don't quote me on it on Facebook, but, like, he loves to chat up with just people. So when people, like, are That's posting cool. groups on Facebook, like, he will just talk to people about all sorts of stuff. Like, he's such a genuine down-to-earth guy. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, actually, just as a quick last note for me, um, I guess I I've only watched films recently that I've been, like, screening to do project art and stuff for. So like um, myself and uh, Steve Dietz are doing some art and design work for uh, Vivian K. Quintero's new releasing label Embryo House. And mm-hmm. uh, White Gardenia is doing music for a bunch of the films. And uh, Marcus Cook is helping with the uh, production and behind the scenes, like authoring and stuff for all the movies. Um, but if any of you are interested in films that have like a similar connotation in terms of like the more psychological or cerebral elef- elements of this film or some of other stuff by Sam, um, Vivian's stuff so far really connotes it in a similar way, but it's almost got more of this uh, just really visceral um, art house feel that kind of reminds me of like the first segment of Begotten um, and. It's it's pretty cool stuff. I'm really excited to see where she goes with that. So uh, I, I'm actually working on the uh, big cartel for Embryo House right now. But pretty soon, Lottery Stays like the last of the uh, pre-orders, will be up and available for that. So if anybody's interested in films that have that kind of a connotation, that might be one to check out. And I'm not just saying that because they did art for it. I think it's yeah. pretty awesome, actually. I just really enjoyed it. Did you hear the, the new with the Daniel Valiant on there yet?
0: Because uh, the one uh he, the Latrice, um Latrice, is... oh yeah, yeah, she sent it to me
1: earlier today. Yeah. yeah, I got, yeah,
0: I just watched that today
1: too. Yeah, his, his uh scoring for everything so far has been super cool. I also yeah, was... I, I dug it yeah. a lot. It really added to
0: the piece for sure. No, and then, yeah, I'm APing that, and that actually is going to be, um, the fuller length one is going to um, premiere here, which is nice. Yeah, hell yeah. So we're going to do the premiere. Um, I guess that one uh, would be the premiere. Because, uh, um, What is the date we're going to do it? I think it's the 26th, But don't quote me. But somewhere around that time. I'm actually kind of curious. Hold on. Continue talking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll try to be here for that. That's a... That's a really cool one. I'm really excited for the direction she's going in.
0: The 21st. Okay. So it's going to be on the 21st of this month on Tuesday we're going to do a premiere.
1: Nice.
0: So I'm I was going to wait until after Love Dump to make that announcement, so I might as well just announce it at the Love Dump thing. So <laughs> There you go. You get to hear it first. Thanks for tuning in late. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess that's uh, it then. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, this is a lot of fun. I'm glad to oh, get these going again. So expect more.
1: New... Yeah, yeah, new... New... yeah expect new... they all are awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, and any uh, anything else, Mophy? Do you want to, you know, screen? Um, you know, Sam Hells basically gave me permission to uh, screen yeah, anything, so we can do something else.
2: Yeah, I'd love to do Flesh Eater X. Just let me know whenever. Okay, cool. Yeah. Very cool.
3: All right, thanks again. Thank you. Thanks, so. you all rock.